Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. This week on the podcast, I am excited to do a bit of a recap on some of the episodes that we've done for Pandas Pans Awareness Month that we've done here on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I actually do have another episode lined up that's focused on Pandas Pans and more the nutritional side of things um, and how to heal Pandas Pans naturally. However, we had to delay the recording of that episode, so it is going to be coming out in a few weeks. So I thought in the meantime, we would finish up the month with a recap, and I wanted to go through just some of the really key points that I got from each of the episodes. I was so lucky to have amazing guests on this month, and the first one that we had was Gabriella True. Gabriella is the president of US-based Aspire, and we got into talking about her journey with both Pandas Pans and autism, as well as really some of her focus on the fact that we're not alone, that there is community, and that is so much of what Aspire is doing with their work is creating that community, creating resources so that parents are not feeling so alone, um, and the value of also having our own communities that we create of others that are struggling with pandas pants. I thought this was really valuable advice. There was a few great quotes that I loved. I loved when she said, it's not a belief system, it's science. I mean, I think we'd all love to just maybe have that um, tattooed on us or something like that. Um, and, you know, she definitely gave that indication that there's hope. And that I loved the advice that you don't have to be an expert on it all at once. You just have to kind of start with your kid. And I really think that that is something that is true for me. That has really allowed me to kind of go a little bit more forward, to dip my toe in a little bit more each time that I think starting out recognizing that my focus is my child and I need to understand what's going on with him um, before I can really take in things that are maybe beyond our case or um, what others are experiencing. So I really love that. And one thing that Aspire is doing is putting up these um, Instagram nuggets that are five tips um, from different parents, from different people in the organization. Gabriella had them as well, and she talked about some of hers, and I thought it would be fun for me to do five tips. So I thought my first tip would be to go in spurts when you can, and so really basically pacing yourself. For me in this journey, there have just been times where I've had to take breaks. Panda's Pans is so tiring and sometimes you just have to kind of pull back from the digging just in order to get through the day. Um, we spend so much time researching, looking into new things, being like, what about this? What about this? I'm going to set up an appointment for this, or I'm going to call so-and-so and ask about this, or reach out and see if this could be helpful for us. But sometimes there's so much going on in the day-to-day, -day, especially when you have a child that may be in a time where they're struggling or having a flare. And so 
That's why I say go in spurts, you know, use that energy. But then when you need to pull back, pull back and just focus on what it's taking to keep everybody moving forward in the house. Um, I think that is just something that I've had to tell myself sometimes because I'll have that little voice in my head saying, do more, do more, do more. And sometimes you just can't. So that's my first tip. Um, My second would be to keep a timeline and a binder or file folder of all of your records. So when we started this journey, we were getting a lot of random pieces of paper and I just was one day like, I need to start keeping this organized. And so I went out to a store, I bought a big binder that had pockets, it had paper in it, it had, um, you know, space for all of this. And that's really what I've been using. It is really thick. Um, and I'm sure it's not the best way to do it, but it's been helpful because when I have an appointment and they give me something or I want to take notes at an appointment and I need to either do them in that book or take them from somewhere and put them in that book, I have somewhere to put it so that I'm not scrambling when I really need that information again. And then the timeline piece is something that I started because I found I was constantly telling the story People um, at the appointments that we were going to were like, okay, start from the beginning. And sometimes I felt very anxious and I would be fumbling around and trying to find that, um, okay, well, it started here and well, what date was that? Or, you know, it's then this happened. Well, when was that? Was that the first time? And, And so you really started to feel like, wow, I'm, I'm getting so grilled. And I came up with the timeline idea because it was really a crutch for me at the appointments because I could look at my sheet and say, okay, yeah, no, it was this. I have the date here. It gave me some concentrated time um, in my home to just go through the timeline, come up with all of the dates on my own. And then as things happened, I just kept adding to it. Um, and then it was you know, I would just every now and again either do it in real time or maybe a month later after something has happened, go back through my calendar and say, yeah, we had this happen. We had this. We had this appointment and we found out this. And it was just, again, a repository to put info. And then I started to find that as um, appointments started to move into the virtual world or I was setting up appointments with new practitioners and I'd have an email, I could just email them the timeline in advance. And it was something that then they, before we even met, had often looked at. And I had a number of them say to me, yes, this was super useful. I know what you're talking about now. Let's just start from here. Or they maybe had a few questions, but it started to be a really great aid for me because let's face it, when you're meeting doctors, practitioners, and sometimes it's not going the way that you want, you start to get really worn down with it. And the timeline gave me something to lean on to be able to do more of those appointments. Uh, My next tip would be meeting with teachers at the beginning of every year. I think I'm sure a lot of people do this, but it was something that I've just been doing for the past, um, you know, four or five years where we sit down, I bring some information, a lot of things printed like from Aspire, I bring the timeline, I bring, um, you know, previous 
issues that have come up in the previous year that maybe the teacher should be aware about um, and, and just kind of have that conversation. Then they can ask questions and understand a little bit more about what Pandas Pans is and some of the things that are specific to my child. I also bring some of the notes that I have from various um, professionals to those meetings. And that really gets into my next piece. So I really started to get this idea in my mind that we needed to create a support team for my son. And Sometimes that can be led by a doctor. If you have a Pandas Pans literate doctor, maybe they're helping you put that together. If you don't, maybe you're putting it together. And so I would really advise, um, or my tip would be to create a support team. And that could be including um, various doctors, could be naturopath, osteopath, therapist. Um, I know people use OTs. There are tons of different people that end up on your support team. But these are all people that over time will know your child. They are, you know, hopefully going to be on your side. These are people you're reaching out to and um, professionals. And I think that we all need that support team. We have to have some people that are helping us in, in this caring time. And then the last is to get letters from that support team. So I really struggled initially with our school when I didn't have the letters backing up what I was saying. They really wanted to see letters from doctors. So I use those doctors, naturopath, therapist, anybody who can provide um, some kind of a summary of the work they've been doing and give you a record. Um, we did vision therapy. That's another one that we had as well. Um, any of those that you can put together to support some of the things that your child needs at school and also to support what you're trying to get across about um, the needs in general. So those are kind of my tips that I would um, say if uh if I was doing my five. I wrote a book. I'd love for you to check it out. Pendulum by S.E. German is available now. Pendulum is a heartwarming story that follows a young boy who experiences mental health challenges like anxiety, OCD and depression, ADHD and tics following an infection. It turns out he has a little known disorder called PANDAS. The book follows the young boy as he struggles with his health issues as well as regular middle grade issues and it can act as a wonderful catalyst between you and your children to talk about mental health issues and other things that are going on in their life. Pendulum is available online through Amazon Worldwide, Barnes & Noble, the Friesen Press Bookstore, and a number of other online retailers worldwide. And you can check out Chapter 1, the audio version of Pendulum for free on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast in Episode 64. I hope you enjoy Pendulum by S.E. German and let me know what you think. The next 
episode was Brain Inflamed with Dr. Kenneth Bach. I was so excited to do this interview. It was so great to hear from a doctor that understands pandas pans and even beyond that, you know, he's done so much work in autism and other areas as well. I highly recommend his book, Brain Inflamed. Uh, Some of the things that I really enjoyed about the episode were that it was one of the simplest explanations that I've had on of Panda's Pans. I think that Dr. Kenneth Bach really has a way to explain things in a simple way that makes sense. And, you know, I find I get so many questions and it was so helpful to kind of have that um answer that he gave as something that I can just now use going forward. So that was episode 88 and it was with Dr. Kenneth Bach. I also really liked the explanation of the immune kettle. I think it makes sense. It was something that seemed to be what we're all kind of working towards. We're all working towards reducing inflammation and um, basically getting that immune kettle down, but we just didn't really have a way to explain it. So I really liked hearing about that from him. And again, it's something I think I'll use going forward. Um, And I really wish we could have more doctors out there like him. You know, he mentioned how he is getting older and he's still um, wanting to be doing this work, but it does worry me about the future. And I think um, I'm hoping that that he's going to be able to pass along a lot of his learnings through his books and um, that others will start to take up this work as well. The next episode was episode 89 with Dr. Jill Krista, Break the Mold. And this episode, I have to say, honestly, just blew my mind. I knew that mold was an issue, um, but hearing from her and reading her book, Break the Mold, it just really hit home that this can affect anyone. Um, And so anyone to me who's not feeling well should really consider whether there could be the potential for a mold issue. Um, Mycotoxins and some of her explanations, like it was scary stuff. And I had heard some stuff on mold and we had tested on mold, but not really digging in quite as much and and was really um, interested to hear from her firsthand some of the key issues. I also enjoyed learning about her approach for treatment. The book, which I do have Break the Mold, is super practical. It really lays everything out in an easy to follow way. I mean, it goes down to amounts of supplements that can be taken um, depending on which part of the protocol you're doing. It's very practical. And I think honestly for people, especially in the Pandas Pants community, but in, in many places, you need information in an easy to digest, easy to use manner. And she's done an excellent job there. I also loved though that she was so optimistic about treatment that, you know, she really felt and reiterated that it is not that complex to treat this and you can treat it. I loved that message of hope because there are certainly times where you start to feel like, oh my gosh, we're in a real bunch here and what are we going to do to get out? And this 
really was something that even though it's huge and there's so many symptoms that go along with mold toxicity that she talked about, it is something that we can feel better eventually. You know, you can do the treatment that she's outlining and see results. Um, She also mentioned the power of green tea, which I have really been incorporating myself, just hearing how powerful it is. I've been trying to get my son to be drinking some green tea as well, um, because I think that it is, um, as she said, such a great thing that we can be using in our daily lives. And then one of the, you know, not necessarily mold related tips that she mentioned, but just generally when treating kids, she talked about having three ways to get the medicine in kids. And I have just reflected on that so many times because I really struggle with my son when he has a whole host of supplements to be taking. Um, He's been undergoing mold detox as well. Um, That you end up trying to get this stuff into these young people and they want to take it, but he can't swallow pills. And, you know, I've been putting it in drinks and it's just been not wonderful. And I liked her, her focus on three different ways. You know, she talked about maybe trying a savory way to put it in, mixing it into food, um, which is something, you know, it sounds obvious, but I really hadn't thought about doing that. It, to me, it just always seemed like, yeah, we got to just get this down separately. Um, so I, I thought that was just great advice because I've experienced that refusal with different medicines and it's it just starts to wear you down like if we're being honest here it can be so draining at you know seven o'clock in the morning you're mixing together this drink of every little thing that they're supposed to be taking and it's you know a half teaspoon of this and a scoop of that and I open up this capsule and I put it in and then you know four drops of this and three drops of this and then all of a sudden you get it all ready and the child says yeah no I'm not having that. It's It can be so defeating. And as mom or parent, you feel like the bad guy. Like it's, you know, you're the one day in and day out saying, you know, you really have to take this. It's really what you need right now. But they, they're they refusing it to you and you feel like you're the horrible one and you're the one who's getting the whining at and the no and I'm not doing it today. And it's just, I, I totally feel for the child, but it's also really hard on the parent end. So I liked, I liked this advice of trying to come up with three ways so that right away before you even get into that, you can recognize that it's a refusal and start pivoting to, okay, let's go to method number two. Like, let's try the next one um, so that you're not wasting that energy and feeling those really hard feelings in those times because it's challenging. It is definitely challenging. I think the mold episode definitely hit home because as I mentioned, we are treating for mold toxicity. And so I took so many notes during the episode. And then when I listened back, I had even more stuff that I was like, oh, I better, you know, better remember that or, oh, that's a really good point or I understood it even better. And so that's what I'm really hoping with these episodes that they can be a resource for those who are either going through that at the time or maybe in the future, you know, maybe right now you're like, 
I don't really need to listen to an episode about mold toxicity. And then who knows, down the line, there might be some day where this starts, you hear about this and it starts to ring true for you or a family member or a friend or something like that. And so I'm just really hoping that these episodes can be a resource to people going forward. Um, Like I said, including myself. So um, I think that was part of why I just really enjoyed that episode. She was just fabulous to talk to and so helpful. Um, One of the other things that we are continuing with right now is um, doing a diet change. So we've recently had some advice from a registered nurse to go beyond our gluten dairy free diet um, and move into she's got some more supplement ideas for healing the gut. Um, She wants to see more focus on fish and vegetables and even for breakfast, you know, she's looking for um, us to be doing, you know, really high protein and vegetables at breakfast as well, and then very low sugar. And, you know, we've done um, low sugar, you know, and we've been doing gluten and dairy free for years. And so this does feel like that another, another thing, you know, um, I'm really hoping that this is going to be one of those extra missing pieces uh, in our journey that is going to be very helpful. But I've got to admit, there's this part of me that is just not feeling the energy in terms of revamping diet again. And I'm I'm hoping that changes and I'm going to try my best. But it's been a lot because that is something that, you know, we have done several times. I'm also, one thing I'm sure others are experiencing is that sometimes you start to get conflict. So, for instance, the registered nurse that we've been talking to about nutrition is saying, yeah, this is going to be huge. Our naturopath didn't think so. So, It's really difficult sometimes to know what to do next when sometimes it's even conflicting advice. I mean, I totally agree that nutrition affects us and I don't see anything wrong with less sugar and more vegetables. But, um, you know, to to think that it's the be all and end all, uh, I'm just not sure. And I feel like we have had so many things that we thought were going to be it in terms of making that big difference and have been disappointed so many times. And I think I'm just really struggling personally with our next step here because first, it's a huge effort on my part that is going to be making um, a lot more uh, meals in terms of uh, adding more vegetables and fish and and in some cases it's going to have to be special meals uh, and then also making you know sure that we're basically having no processed food at all and then um, special treat type things that also have no sugar and um, you know let's face it that burden is is coming my way so I'm just I'm gonna do it 
but I'm I'm a little skeptical because we've already done the conversion to gluten-free, dairy-free, and we've done removing, you know, certain trigger foods. So I think that's where I'm just trying to wrap my head around how much of a change that can this make and also, um, you know, given given how much it's going to be for us to take on. I'm always trying to make sure that I am tempering expectations with our treatments for sure. So that's kind of where we're at continuing with our mold detox and looking down this road um, in a, like I said, hopeful way. I'm still thinking bigger picture about next steps for us and I, I haven't completely landed on what that's going to be, but I will update you guys once we do get there. In terms of other things, I've really appreciated all the positive feedback on the book, Pendulum. I have gotten some really great notes from people who enjoyed it or who felt like it was helpful um, in terms of, you know, just starting conversations. And I really appreciate that. I love to hear if you've read the book um, and and what you thought. So please keep those coming. Same with the podcast. I've had some good feedback on some of the episodes and definitely I'm finding that listenership keeps growing, which is great. I would love more feedback in terms of what you'd like to hear. If there are areas that you'd like to hear me getting into or if you're like, oh, I really thought that was great, you know, do more on that. I would love to hear it because I'm generally just using my own kind of gut instinct in terms of what I'm bringing on the podcast. And I am very happy to have feedback. And speaking of the podcast, I did want to give a little preview of some of the episodes that we have coming up. I have been recording like crazy. I had some very busy weeks where I'm doing several episodes a week. So as I mentioned, we do have an episode coming up that's focused more on the nutrition side of Panda's Pants. And I think that one's going to be really helpful, um, especially for me, given that I'm kind of struggling myself with how this fits in. And so I'm looking to dig more into it. Also have an interview with a mindset coach, as well as interviews focused on using ADHD and Tourette's as superpowers. So how we can kind of flip our mindsets on how to use those to our advantage. I've also got one on how to build resilience in kids, as well as an episode that focuses on special needs siblings and inner child healing. So we've got some really interesting stuff coming up, um, even one that is focused on veganism and how to transition to a vegan lifestyle if that is something that you're interested in. So stick around over the next couple of months. We're pretty much fully booked heading into the holidays and we've got some really exciting things for you. I also want to mention that I've been on a few other podcasts talking about Panda's Pans and other mental health awareness. I did an interview with Dr. Jacqueline Pina on coffee and an interview. It's episode 28. And then I also did an episode of Open Up and Speak 
It is SE German, What is Pandas Pans, and How Does It Compare to Tourette Syndrome. The host of that podcast, Andrea Vesey, has a son that has Tourette Syndrome. And so we were really um, talking between the two and sort of sharing our experiences with both of the disorders, Pandas Pans, and then Tourette Syndrome. So if you want to check me out and hear a little bit more of our story on those podcasts, that would be appreciated. I also want to mention that beyond this month where we've talked a lot about Pandas Pants, I do have a whole information series available on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. So I thought I would share some of those episode numbers so you don't have to kind of dig through. Um, Moving back a little bit, episode 65 talks about homeopathic treatment of pandas and pans with Dr. Jennifer Barr. Episode 64 talks about Pandas Pans options and provides the audio version of chapter one of my book Pendulum by S.E. German, which focuses on a boy with Pandas Pans. Episode 59 talks about treating Pandas Pans and Lyme disease with Dr. Roseanne Capana-Hodge. Episode 52 gives a parental perspective on Pandas Pans with Marnie and Richard Deshane. And episode 50 is Pandas Pans Fundamentals with Dr. Scott and Ellen Antoine. I wanted to share those because they are also super valuable and provide a lot of great information and perspectives, and I hope they're helpful to you. I hope that you've enjoyed this recap of our Pandas Pans Awareness Month and that some of what I've talked about maybe rings true for you and some of the info on what is coming next. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. It always helps to get more people listening to the podcast. Also, you can, like I said, contact me if you've got something that you'd love to hear about on the podcast. I'm always happy to have ideas going forward. I hope that over this month of October, you have had the opportunity to share a little bit about Pandas Pans. And I really appreciate all of the support that I've seen of people sharing posts and really making sure that this information is getting out to parents and um, doctors and other practitioners and that they are aware of these disorders. I think it is so helpful and great. So as we head into the Halloween sugar season, which, you know, because we're trying to eliminate sugar is not going to be very sugary in this household. I hope everybody has a great spooky season and enjoys Halloween. Have a good week. Are you interested in having a published author speak in your classroom or at your community event? I'd be interested in speaking about my new novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, the writing process, mental health, Panda's Pans, podcasting, and more. Contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com for both in-person and online bookings. I'm excited to announce the launch of my author website, www.se-german.com. On this website, you can find out all the information about my publications, focused areas on my novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, where there are questions for parents as you work through the novel with your children, as well as teacher resources that can be used in the classroom. 
There's also information about the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast and recent press. Please visit www.se-german.com. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybees.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.